On this week's episode of Juke Sports, we're back with all the headlines from this past week. Dive into Drew Brees and his comments in light of everything that is going on. Touch on the NBA and the NHL's return to action coming up in July. UFC 250 recap. We're getting excited for Fight Island, which should be UFC 251. And the list this week, the list, takes on quite a different approach that's going to really excite all the listeners out there. We'll get into that, closing statements, and a lot more. All right, giddy up. Welcome to another episode of Juke Sports, June 8th, Cots and Jake, back with a fresh episode for everyone. What a week, what a past week um, in everything, in culture, and sports, um, wild stuff going on in our world. It's interesting to think that we're going to actually be living through something that's going to be talked about throughout the course of history, and a lot of things are coming to flourishing, especially in the sports world. But before we dive into a lot of stuff today, our co-host here, Jake, went on a little vacation back to the roots, back to Pennsylvania today. And I want all the listeners to know that during this time, Jake goes home, right? Throws a little little soiree, a little, a little backyard barbecue with all our friends. And doesn't think to maybe, you know, want to zoom in cots, want to FaceTime cots to make him feel a part of it. Nope. Nothing. Jake's only thinking about himself in this situation and completely excluded me from the backyard BBQ, which I'm not too happy about. I mean, listen, if there's a fire, it's going to be dark outside. I don't think we'd be able to see you, man. You could have had my voice. My voice could have been there. I almost didn't want to do the show today. I was thinking about getting a co-host. It makes me think if you if, if you if I could have, never do the show or if there's an instance where I didn't want to do the show, who would be your ideal co-host to replace me for an episode putting you on the spot here oh man um that's really tough i don't know uh oh uh, i would pick i would call up or try to get a hold of uh, zach thomas to be my co-host so i can just rub it in your face that he's on the show with me and not you okay that's fair i mean again just trying to take it to me and not you know <laughs> whatever that's fine i would easily well for me, being a shooter that I the shooter that I am, I would get Kay Adams from the NFL Network, get her oh, on the show. Yeah. Obviously, to take my shot and see if you know she wants to be Mrs. Cotts, but you know <laughs> that's how I would play it. Um, but that's fun. Maybe one day we could have those dreams come true. But Zach Thomas, yeah, that would be that would be a little bit of a that would be dream. That that might be our, <laughs> like a dream guest of uh, ours. That would be a dream guest if we had him and Jason Taylor. Maybe oh man. That would be awesome. <laughs> but a lot going on um, this week, and a lot has come out of, you know, the the world that we're living in. A lot of athletes making statements, some pretty tone deaf to, you know, the actual problems in the world. So let's start with Drew. Are Brees, we gonna? Man. I was just gonna say, are we gonna jump into Drew Brees off the bat? Yeah, let, let's. You know, um, and you know what the thing is, we don't have to spend. I mean, we do need to spend time on it, but. Everyone has been um, really 
beating this nail in because we don't have a lot of sports to talk about. And um, Drew, a guy like Drew Brees, makes a statement that is just totally, totally tone deaf and kind of insensitive. Um, but it's 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 gonna make news, and and it should be something that that is talked about. Again, we need to we need to have those uncomfortable conversations to kind of grow. Well, for me, it's someone who went from pretty quickly in about like 72 hours went from someone who's one of the most loved people in New Orleans to the hate, the most hated, then kind of back to on good terms. Um, the way it all played out to me was interesting. He makes his initial comments and it was like Yahoo Finance or something. I didn't yeah. listen to the whole interview, but I've just heard the clip of what he said about the flag and kneeling. And then, you know, players come out, start saying stuff to him. He makes his apology, which to me is, wasn't a great apology. I, I get what he was doing, came out, made the apology. It wasn't great. I still think he was missing the point. I think he was making the apology. It was because he was making the, backlash. yeah, because again, he, he made those comments back in 2016 and, and no one really, mm-hmm. you know, batted an eye. But I think people are starting to notice now because it's been four years since his last comments. And even though, and listen, I'm not a Kaepernick fan. I, I, I didn't think he was that great of a quarterback. Um, I thought he had a really good year. But the thing is, Kaepernick has said numerous amounts of time that this isn't about the military. He even has said, I love America, but we need to do better. Mm-hmm. And that was his stance. Now, I don't agree with him wearing the pig socks, okay? But yeah. I respect I respect what Kaepernick was trying to do and succeeded because it stirred up the conversation that we that we need to have. So for Drew Brees to immediately go when they ask him about the kneeling, he immediately went, well, I don't agree with anyone disrespecting our flag or military when it's not about that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like everyone, especially in the black community, was just like, Drew, this, this isn't what it's about. It's been years. Why is that your go-to for it? Now, if mm-hmm. Drew Brees would have said, you know – um, I respect what they're doing. I see what they're doing. I'm behind them. I would, I will not kneel, but I totally respect what they're trying to do. And I'm behind them. If he would have said that some people would have been like, well, you're with us or against us and fine. I, I can't tell you how to feel, but it, there would not have been backlash. But the fact that he went straight to the military and, um, disrespecting the flag argument, I mm-hmm. think a lot of people are like, "Drew, this isn't what this, is this, what this isn't about. the this isn't the argument." Kaepernick has said time and time again, "This isn't about the military." Yeah, and people people tend to forget, like most people do, they want to forget what they don't agree with. That when this all started, Kaepernick sat on the bench, right. didn't kneel. He sat on the bench, then he talked to Nate Boyer, ex-military, ex-Green Beret, and. He said, that's kind of disrespectful to the military. If you took a knee, that's not disrespectful. And what you're protesting and what you're standing for, what you're doing this for makes more sense. And for someone to come out of the military, say that, that who actually defended and served the country, 
makes you think that people, I mean, the flag can mean whatever you want it to mean. It means something different to everyone, but to only be that tone deaf and that have that tunnel vision to right. think that that's all that it means right. is the issue there when it, where, when it's something else that people are trying to protest and get across to white America. Um, but yeah, but then, but then I think it kind of changed course when the president, I can't believe we're talking about the president on the show, but the president uh, made a comment that he's like Drew Brees' comments initially and then said he shouldn't have retracted them or taken them back. And then Breeze went out and made a big um, Instagram post about how the president's wrong and how we need to start having these conversations and stuff like that. And I think that's when he officially got back into the good graces. But that's what it's all about. Like his teammates realize that this guy's saying something wrong, mm-hmm. doesn't get it. So what do they do? They have have conversation. a conversation again. They've talked it out exactly. And, and we shouldn't. And, and this is this is where I hope people kind of learn something on both sides here. Like, I don't feel like we should just like Drew Brees said what he felt. Okay. And people got ticked off, which rightfully so they should have, but we, we shouldn't automatically cancel. Like we shouldn't cancel Drew Brees because he made those comments because he, what he said, he felt was not insensitive. Mm-hmm. So what is good about this, and I'm glad this happened is that, Drew Brees then uses his platform and writes a message to the president saying, these are the conversations we need to have after talking with my teammates and talking to other people. We can't just cancel someone, whether on the right or the left. We shouldn't just cancel someone because we don't agree with their opinion. We need to talk about it and grow. And listen, you can say Drew Brees isn't sincere. Hey, fine. And that's your opinion. But the fact that he went and said, listen, we had a conversation and this is what is happening. I'm, I'm sorry. But to me, I think that's um, that takes that takes some guts to do because you're basically saying, listen, I made you're basically saying I made a mistake. Yeah, he's, he's admitting he's admitting what he guilt. didn't. He's admitting his ignorance yeah. and he's learning from it. That, that's ultimately what it all comes down to and just trying to learn from other people's experiences mm-hmm. to really see the p- full picture. Mm-hmm. Um, Roger Goodell. Okay. This guy. So this I, guy. I'm going to be honest. Cox. Okay. I didn't watch the video. Okay. So I'll, I'll take this one. Take this so one. this man, well, first off, I, I never know where this guy's like, was he on like an AOL dial up type thing? Because the connection of the video Again, was like lagging the production call. I, I don't understand, like how the commissioner of the NFL, the quality of this video are, like, are, is. Was it worse than the horse tournament? It was about the same quality, and that and that's what's kind of mind-boggling. Like, how are we? I don't know, but that's besides the point. Um, his statements in there to me was just a lot of talk. And I get that there will be some action with the NFL and they're going to partner with, you know, more of the notable players that are wanting to do something. But to me, it's two things. It's, it's unfortunate that these types of events have to happen for people to actually realize what's going on. And I think that's issue number one with his comments. He didn't make 
any sort of um, note to Kaepernick or peaceful protesting, just that we support and we're here and we're listening and we're going to try to uh, affect change in the NFL and they stand by Black Lives Matter. Okay, great. But you didn't do anything in 2016. You pretty much, and you and I can agree on Kaepernick. I don't think Kaepernick was, I think he had his great year when he went to the Super Bowl. But I, I, I think he's at least a backup quarterback oh, in the one, NFL oh, or would have been a backup yeah, quarterback I, I don't in the want NFL. That, I, I don't want you to get my words twisted here. Like Colin Kaepernick could 100% be a great backup quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and the fact that he isn't, I don't know if it's no one wanted to negotiate with him because of his protest, because they felt it wasn't worth it, or could it be because, I don't know, did he did he feel like he was a starter and they basically said you're not going to be a starter? I don't know. But the fact that that guy isn't at least a backup quarterback in the National Football League, I'm sorry, but it looks like it looks like a blackball blackballing to me. Yeah, it definitely is. And there was, there was, um, it was an owner's thing. No one, I, I firmly believe that no owner wanted to take him on the team. I mean, there was in like 2016 or 17 when Hugh Jackson was the coach of the Browns. He wanted Kaepernick, and they couldn't get things worked out. And no matter what is said in on the forefront of the media and how it's twisted, I, I firmly believe that it's it was all an owner's call that no one, that they somehow made a good old boys agreement that, you know, we're not going to have this man in the NFL because he's disrespecting the flag and stuff like that. I firmly believe that's what happened because there's, he's better than a lot of the backups in the NFL. Who was the bear? Who was the Chicago bear that said, we signed Mike Glennon? Uh, Keem Hicks. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We signed Mike Glennon. (laughs) Poor Mike Glennon. Just just an unnecessary shot there. Mike Glennon, what did Mike man? Glennon do to everybody? <laughs> he just he took one of the worst uh, unnecessary shots there ever. Yeah, that was but hilarious. I mean, yeah, it's but anyway, but back with but, yeah, but back to Goodell really quick. Um, I I I, I don't know, man. It, it sounds like one of those things, and a lot of like brands and companies are doing this where they they all came out on Blackout Tuesday and said stuff that we support you and we're here for you. We're doing this, but I need to see more action, not only from the NFL as a whole and Goodell, but also the owners. Because I feel like, like I just mentioned, I feel like the owners are part of the problem, man. I mean, I don't want to call out anyone specifically because I don't know any NFL owner, but the likes of the Jerry Joneses of the world and these rich white people that are white privileged that never experienced anything in their life but benefit off of the hard work of black athletes is a problem. And I don't think half of them stand, maybe more stand behind the, their players. And you look at the number of black head coaches and the number of black GMs and front office personnel. There's not a lot. It's to say all this now, because you have to say it. That's what it, that's where I'm trying to get at. It seems like they had to say something and this is what I'm getting for it. Cause you could have done something in 2016 mm-hmm. You could have made the change. You could have been part of the movement back then and part of the solution. And now it just feels pretty much that they're just jumping on board because they have to, because everyone has to. I truly believe, 
I, I don't know about um, Blackhead owner like ownership, um, but as far as Blackhead coaches, I, I think we're going. I think there will be more Blackhead coaches in the near future. I, I truly believe that, and I think for a while. Um, I don't want to use the word oppressed, but I, I guess shut out for a long time. And I think when the new millennium hit, I think we started to kind of see more. And I think in the next 10 years, I, I think we're going to see more blackhead coaches. I, I truly, I truly believe we are. I mean, yeah, I, but I also think that they need to make it. it it's, it's harder for, the black community to break through, I think, in coaching and oh, 100% front office. So, I mean, there has to be things. Listen, I don't think if, if, if Cliff Kingsbury were black, there's no chance he's he's getting that job at Arizona. No, no way. Yeah. And, and listen, I'm a Cliff fan, I like Cliff Kingsbury, I do, but I, he don't he doesn't get that job if he's black. No way, no, not a chance. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens, but I think. The, it needs to start from an ownership standpoint too, and what owners and franchises are going to do to help uh, impact change, and not just the NFL as a whole too. Because the NFL could do something, but thirty of the thirty-two owners could disagree with what they're doing, and they're just going along for the ride. So I think it needs to start from individual organizations, the top down as well too. Oh boy, but. Good news is it looks like we'll have NFL at some point too, so that's all. We could at least enjoy that. Um, really quick, UFC 250 last night was, again, Dana White, man, pure genius. Um, I've been becoming more and more of a UFC fan now that there's not a lot of sports going on right now. But Amanda Nunez and Felicia Spencer, let's start with that fight first. And I just want to give credit to Felicia Spencer because she went five rounds with the GOAT and my God, she took an ass kick. No, she did. What'd she, you know what? Give her, she give her, you got to give her credit. Give her credit because she's got that granite chin. But it was like I was watching – it was like I was watching uh, Rocky. Like I was watching Rocky 1, man. Or actually <laughs> really Rocky 2 but without Rocky winning at the end. Um, she went the whole distance. But uh, Nunez dominated. It wasn't. It wasn't. Even it close. wasn't even close. Yeah. It wasn't even close. Amanda Nunes dominated. Like I said, it was like when you watch uh, Apollo and Rocky, and pa- Apollo's just killing Rocky, but without uh, the surprise ending of the underdog winning, pretty much. Um, Amanda Nunes. Before you go off off your cuts, Amanda Nunes is going to go down as one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time. Not just women. She's going to be the best wo- woman fighter of all time, but she's going to be one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time. She has beaten the who's who of women fighters. Rousey, Holmes, Tate, Cyborg, Shevchenko. She's she's beaten them all. And she's about and she's 3 wins away from tying Cerrone. The yeah. Most wins. And I think she's one of three or four in the history of UFC to hold two titles yeah. and defend them both, which I mean just shows you. I definitely, the, probably the greatest woman fighter 
of all time, and but definitely one of the best fighters, men or women, mm-hmm. of all time and as well. I, I don't feel like she's being talked enough, uh, talked about enough. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because, um, I don't know. I just don't feel like she has. She's being talked about like R- Rousey was talked about. Although yeah, Rousey I, I could undefeated. I could see that. Rousey I could was see undefeated. that. Rousey was undefeated, but I mean, I mean, but coming up in like the UFC, I mean, some of those early fights you have are just—they're tough. You're gonna you're gonna lose a few of them. Some you aren't um, as ready to um, get in with some of those bigger names. Right. I like last night, for instance. Um, Chase Hooper is 20 years old. 20 years old. Yeah. In the UFC, and he lost to Alex Carreras, but. It was just one of those things where he took a huge jump up to fight someone right. in his pretty much his second fight and got picked apart and destroyed because he's a specialist right now. It's he's just a be, uh, jiu-jitsu specialist right now. He doesn't really have a stand-up game. Right. So Alex kept the whole fight standing up and he got picked apart. Like you're gonna have losses like that along the way. Um, so it's gonna be interesting. But also, can we quickly talk about Sugar O'Malley and his walk-off knockout? <laughs> <laughs> that guy might be my new favorite um, UFC fighter. Wait, that was pretty. Are you talking uh, about? Um, I thought you were talking about Gar- uh, Garber. No, I'm talking about Sean O'Malley. Oh, okay. Did you see his knockout? He had a disgusting knockout um, in his fight. Garber's was good too, but O'Malley pretty much knocked out Eddie Wineland. Eddie Wineland. Um, with a uh, faked with the faked with the left, I believe went with the overhand right and destroyed him. And Eddie Wineland, by the way, has a great mustache, great mustache. So I was kind of at the beginning rooting for him, but no chance. Oh, okay, hang on. Well, that was the fight with the dude that looks like six nine. Yeah, he's got okay. the crazy yeah. wild okay hair and stuff. Yep, I know what you're talking about now. Okay, my yeah. bad. <laughs> that was he. He knocked him, and before like he didn't even go in to like ground and pound and make sure he's out. He just knew he was knocked out and started walking away like he won, which was kind of kind of cocky but also kind of badass. Um so that was great. But finally the last thing I want to touch on, well two things in terms of UFC. If I had a dollar for every time Conor McGregor retires. Dude, it's well, all money. Well I'd have man. three. Well, I'd have all... three dollars. What but... did we say with triple C? We said the same thing. And again, I don't know if he's going to come out of retirement, but it's all about the money, man. These guys retire, but his, ex- they can but come his out. excuse, th- but his excuse this time was like, I didn't like it. Oh, I'm not. They're trying to pair me, go up and wait. They're trying to find me. There's no one that I could. There's no one that I'm ready to fight. No matches or matchups, you know, pique my interest. And that's fine. Just wait for something to be like, oh, I'm retired again, and then come back uh, six months down the road when. You don't have to retire every freaking time. There's what's not the, going to be a fight that there's you want to have. What's I mean, the? Is there a future bet on if McGregor comes out of retirement? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there is, but I mean, I mean, I would, I'm I would bet on it. I'm not a gambler, cuz, but I'd put money on it. He's going to come out again. I mean, it's just a, it's just a front at this point. Yeah. To to build up more hype, he's going to go and keep training, and then it's going to be like, oh, I, I've been out, I've been retired, I haven't been training, and then he's going to come back and do what he did 
against Cowboy and look great and win. And then, I don't know. I mean, I'm over McGregor. I've been over McGregor for a while. He's great, but I'm just over his antics. I loved him. I loved him in the beginning. I really did. And then he just – he knows what sells, man. He knows what sells. Yeah. Um, UFC 251, they're still kind of working out, but that could be the first uh, card on Fight Island, which I'm – getting really excited about. Oh, um, very excited. So that should be interesting. Also, I don't think the card is set yet, but there's a f- few fights that I believe are set. And the last I checked, which was, uh, I was looking before the fights last night, our girl, the my probably future wife, once she breaks up with her current boyfriend or husband, whatever, if they're married or not, Paige Van Zandt looks like she's on that card. So I'm, <laughs> that might be, I'm very excited for that if she's fighting. Oh, yeah. Same. Same. Love Paige Van Zandt. Love Who doesn't love Paige Van Zandt? <sighs> love her. The one that got away. <laughs> great, great white buffalo. The great white, the great white buffalo. <sighs> Paige Van Zandt. Um, all right, cool, cool. But let's quickly go back to NBA. Well, we didn't go back, but let's quickly talk about the NBA really quick. So July 31st, come back. I'm excited. Basketball's back. This is great. Eight games, it looks like, to get teams warmed up a little bit. But then, I mean, the NBA, I'm not going to say the NBA took my idea, but they took a part of my idea. It looks like they're going to do the seeding based off of win percentage, Mm -hmm. which to people who don't know that are listening, that kind of has an impact because not all the teams right now ended up with the same amount of games played. So seeding's going to, it's going to impact. I mean, it's not going to take a huge shift, but it's going to make some of a, impact there with seating so the 22 teams i mean they're coming back july 31st orlando florida Mm -hmm. i'm excited um i think i think eight games is is good as a good tune-up i mean i I don't think you want more than that Mm -hmm. but yeah i'm excited to see how this this final seating nets out but i think it's gonna be good i think it's gonna be interesting yep so Uh, we'll see how about this uh jj reddick continues his playoff streak Oh, really? Yeah, because the Pelicans are going to be in. So, was it about getting so, – was it J.J. Redick that they had to get in the playoffs or was it Zion Williams? I mean, but uh, either or. I'm, I'm going to go more with Zion. <laughs> I mean, J.J. told Zion at the beginning of the season, like, listen, he goes, you better get your act together. He goes, I'm not missing – he goes, I've never missed the playoffs. That's awesome. Well, the streak yeah. stays alive. So, but um, I'm loving it. Um, being a Sixers fan – this is going to sound really bad. Okay, so please. I'm going to say something that's, that's, that's not a very good thing to say. Oh, boy. On the grand scheme of things. But COVID-19 may have been the best thing that happened to the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, God. Why, Jake? Because they were gonna... plummeting. They were absolutely plummeting. You think now they're going to turn it around after not being together or practicing for I'm how long? I'm not saying they're not going to turn it around. But I think that I think their chances are a lot better to make a run now than they were back in March. Okay, and I we'll know, see. And, I, and COVID nineteen was uh, terrible. Um, obviously, it's 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 terrible, and um, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but that's, that that break may have saved the Sixer season because they were they were sinking faster than the Titanic. 
Again, yeah. another another tragedy that I don't want to be insensitive to. The Titanic. Great movie. Oh, Jesus. You don't think so? No. It's uh, So here's really quick on the Titanic. <laughs> if you're ever... It's, it, dating advice from Cots. If you're ever with a female and it's, it's before uh, a month into you guys talking or dating or whatever, and she wants to watch the Titanic, you got to get out of the relationship. It's too soon. It's too soon. And it's not something, it's not a movie you definitely want to watch on a first date or a second date either. I don't know how people date anymore either. Like if they're just going over to people's houses, dating in quarantine, definitely a lot different, but never go with um, the Titanic. Too much lovey-dovey stuff in there. Ooh. You, you don't, you don't want to expose that too early on in a relationship. I would always go with a nice comedy. Something like Old School, maybe. Or Project X. Old School's great because you can make a joke that, hey, I'm kind of like Frank the Tank. And she thinks it's funny, but in reality, you actually are like Frank the Tank. And once it hits your lips, you go downhill. So, just a little dating advice from Cosmo. But, but before there. we get back to our regular programming... I have some advice for the guys. If you're going to have a movie night with that special woman, you need a movie that encompasses everything. A little bit of comedy, a little bit of sports, a great love story. A so cute, fever pitch? A cute, a cute little kid, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire is the best date night movie for the guy. It has everything for the guy. Women will also love it. Tom Cruise, Lenae Zellweger, the little guy from Stuart Little. It's it's a great movie. Cuba Gooding Jr. It's everything you want in a good movie, a movie night. Okay. I could see that. I, I don't know if I would pick that. I'm going like you're you're trying to get a little romantic comedy sports comedy going on in there sports drama i'm going with fever pitch man jimmy fallon's a stud in that movie mm-hmm. drew barrymore yeah, drew barrymore yeah it's funny it shows what people mean Cots, guys like you and me we are kind of like how jimmy fallon is with the socks with our teams so yeah, yeah. It's not bad not bad it, show, it shows really, what it really shows what they're getting into it really is it's it's foreshadowing actually <laughs> and if they make a comment that like I can't believe that some guy cares that much about sports or their team that much. Then you know that she's probably not the one. She's probably not the one. Yeah, if she's there hoping Drew Barrymore is going to dump Jimmy Fallon by the end of the movie and, like, stay, like, that's the end of the movie, then she might not be the one for you. She might not be the one for you. So how about NHL, Cots? Well... (laughs) Wait, so I just, sorry, it just hit in my head that it's not one of the four most popular sports in America. <laughs> so I started laughing. Shut up, Max. Shut at, up, at, Max Kellerman. I, Max Kellerman, how did you get on this? How did you get on this podcast? I mean, but for, I, I can't what believe he, he made What's that. his sport? I don't know, because I didn't, I'm not going to give him like a listener, a click or a play, because no. I think, I think he's an actual, like, what's a nice way of saying, like a fraud. I think he's just a fraud. So I'm not gonna get. Like, he like probably said like Jim, boxing or something. He's trying to be Jim Rome. He's trying to say outlandish things for viewership. But um, yeah, no. So I'm excited for NHL too. Which is NHL great. four team round. Uh, so the top four teams are gonna be round robin first, and then 
uh, for basically seeding. And then all the rest of the teams are going to basically play for the next for to like to advance to the next round. I love it. Um, honestly, if both the NBA and the NHL, I have awesome job. Awesome job. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be we're, – we're getting everything back, and it looks like we're going to get everything back in a fury. Um, I don't know about the MLB, but they're, they're going to – Can you imagine what September is going to be, be like? Uh, September is going to be great. If the, M, if the Major League Baseball gets their act together – and I understand, like, the, the players are trying to protect their younger – like, their, their uh, guys that are, like, between minor league and major league. Like, the guys making the lowest, they're trying to protect them, which, again, they need to be protected. So there's a lot of different conversations that need to go on there. But if Major League Baseball and the, like the players and the owners can get on the same page, then you're going to have ML, or NBA, NHL, football back in September. It is going to be the wildest September, like the wildest month of all of sports. Or like of all time. Yeah, and we need it. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the MLB, though, just to quickly touch on that. It's... I don't know. And then and like they 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 had the opportunity to come back and get back before any other sport. And that's what they needed. Cuz that's the time that you're going to gain fans that you didn't have before that mm-hmm. you thought to start oh, the season. Exactly. And they're just completely screwed up. They're already I mean in some I mean I don't know how you would rank the top sports in America right now after football, but I mean, the MLB, it's got to be falling, and it's continued to fall. I mean, at one point it was America's passing. I mean, it was number one, but, man, I, I, I'm not, I don't think the NBA is passive, but I wouldn't be surprised if more people – at least I know more people love to watch the NBA on TV. I don't know right. about going to the game, but, yeah, it's, it's going to lose some fans, too, that were teetering, and it's not going to gain any new fans this year, and you're just going to be stuck with, you know, old-timers that are just watching it mm-hmm. to watch it. But oh, one more thing. But before we move on, um, dealing with uh, the NBA playoffs, um, I can't wait for all of the um, fast forward of all of the courts. If they can actually get all of the courts um, to Orlando, so they're going to switch the courts between every game. That's that just seems unnecessary. I don't know. I would. I mean, again, as a Sixer fan, I would like the big bell with the with the snake. With the, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I guess it's gonna cool. add something but, there. But I mean, could you imagine all the time lapses we're gonna see of that? I mean, it would be cool. I mean, but do you think like playing on a Sixers with the bell though versus you know? I don't know. The, Maybe, the Sixers do better at home. Maybe they'll think <laughs> they're at home. Maybe they'll think they're in Philadelphia if they see the <laughs> big bell and the and the snake. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm excited, though. Um, I think, what, the end of July, right? July 31st. Going to be great. Now the Major League Baseball has got to get their act together. Yes, sir. All right. So, Jake, let's tell everyone what the next couple weeks of the list is going to entail. And I'm jacked up about this. So, go ahead, my friend. All right. So, Instead of having a traditional list, we are going to have our first ever interactive tournament bracket. 
the Swing Oil Program, presented by Juke Sports. What's going to happen is Cots and I are going to take turns drafting our fantasy golf pairings, basically saying a professional with a celebrity. Doesn't necessarily have to be another sports figure. We will draft our seeds. So, for example, I will will have 16 pairings, meaning eight on one side of the bracket, eight on another side of the bracket. And I will, or whoever goes first, will draft our number ones. So I'll draft my pairing. Kotz drafts his, and that'll be the number one on both sides uh, until we get to eight. Our people or our pairings will go head to head against each other. And you, the listener will determine the winner. We will have our polling on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. All right. So that is what we're going to be doing for instead of a list segment for the next uh, two weeks. Yes, sir. I'm excited for this. Now, Kyle, I I do have a question for you. Yes. Do you want to do all 16 pairings today? Or do you want to do eight today and then save? uh, Or sorry, do you want to do four today and then four? So four rounds today and then four rounds. Yeah, four rounds today and then four rounds next week. Uh, I kind of want to do them all, but I'm open to suggestions. If you think four might be better, I think I'm kind of excited to go all in with eight rounds. That's let's, just me. Let's though. do it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Who's going first? That's the question. Uh, that this, is gonna, this is great radio right now. I'm going to flip a coin. Uh, well, I want tails. You want tails? Yeah. I need to find a coin. Well, why the hell would you say you have a coin? If I'm looking for one. Oh, you made it seem like you had it readily available. All right, here Jesus. we go. What, you want tails? I want tails. Okay, here we go. Oh, here it is. This is good. This is good radio. It is. It's tails. All right, so I'm good. First. I'm glad. I'm actually glad you won because I did, I didn't want to be accused of cheating. Well, I mean, I, I still probably I don't. I mean, I still would accuse you of cheating, but. <laughs> Okay, so I'm first, so it's, it's, so it's snake round. So I go first, and you take two, right? Yeah, and now, listen, um, if you, um, whoever you pick, whether it's a celebrity or a professional, they are off the board. Mm-hmm. They're off the board, okay? So I have, a, I have a question first for you. Did you put your teams, or your, did you put pairings together, or did you already, no, did you I just have, have a list? I have actual pairings together. Same, I put, I put. I put a list of the eight pairings that I'd want to get, but then I have my, my like backups for okay. each of it. Okay. So here's my first pick. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Rory McIlroy, number one ranked golfer in the world right now. Okay. And my boy, my boy, Tony Romo. Rory and Romo. That's that. That's – I'm happy I got that one. That's uh, the one that I wanted. Rory's off the board for me. <sighs> I had Rory with someone else, obviously. Okay, so I'm up. Uh, Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan. I had that same pairing. Uh, uh, the two, the two goats of their respective sports. 
It's a good one. It's a good one. I'll give you that. But okay. I had to go. I had to go with Rory and Tony just for. I think Tony's a little bit better than MJ, and I don't. But I don't know. MJ could get in people's heads. Okay. Your number two. Oh yeah, I'm up again. You're up again. Bring oh, that's again. how we're gonna do this. Or do you not want to do it like a snake? No, no, like I'll you? do it. I'll do it like okay. this. Okay. Um. These next two guys seem to be like they are always just second best to someone else. <laughs> and I know the one man isn't that great of a golfer, but I just want it for entertainment value alone. Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley. Okay, I have Phil with someone else, but good good pick there. I I think you went a little high there on Charles, though. <laughs> I love the entertainment aspect of it, but I want to win this. You really think Charles is gonna gonna pull his own? What what is he a handicap golfer? He's probably in the twenties. I think he is in the twenties. He's getting better though. He's getting better. All right, you're taking a big reach there. All right, so my turn. Yeah. I get. Oh man, I can't believe there's this is still on the board. I am taking Justin Thomas. Okay. And Justin Timberlake. Tim J- Team JT. Okay, okay. Justin Timberlake is also a stud golfer. Yes, he's he like is. a one or two handicap. What? Also one of my favorite. Oh my god, I love my team Murray. Also one of my favorite people. The guy um, does it all. I had Rory with. I had Rory with uh, Timberlake. Okay, I had to keep it Team JT there. Okay. But, um, so, it's me again. Yeah, right? it, it would be. It would be you again. Okay. So you took my – I wanted to get my Phil pairing in there, but you took him away from me. So – oh, you know what? I had this – oh, no. Nah. You want to get entertainment in here? I got one for you. This is one of my pairings. I'm taking Ricky Fowler. Okay. All right? Yeah. And J.R. Smith. Wow. Okay. J.R. Smith's like a 9 or 10 handicap. He's really? actually really good at golf. Yeah. Is and you need really? J.R. You need J.R. Smith in there for some entertainment. Yep. So that's who I got right there. J.R. and Fowler? Yep. I probably should have went with the other one, but I I uh, not. Okay. I got oh, my wait. two. Okay. Sorry. I'm I'm writing these down right now. <laughs> You're like literally writing them down? I'm literally writing them down. Yeah. <laughs> you could have just typed it. It might have been quicker. I like to write, a, I like to write things down. I, I I'm not that great with the technology. <laughs> yeah, we know that. Um, That's for sure. All right, it's me again, right? Yep. You for two. Okay. All right. I want Dustin Johnson and Wayne Gretzky. I had that same pairing because family, you know a family, family. affair, baby. Yep, I had that pairing. Good, good pick. That's who I was actually saying I was going to – I might have taken before I took uh, JR and Ricky. Okay. So I'll pick you again. Um, all right. This one – this one's going to be a stretch. I like it. But – Okay. Jim Furyk and Tim Tebow, and this is wh- and this is why. Okay, 
Furyk has that awkward kind of swing motion, and Tebow has that unique throwing motion. So, how does that translate to golf, Jake? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you probably should have put Furyk with Charles because those two swings would have been hey, better. Charles is getting better. No, I want Furyk. <laughs> I want Furyk and Tebow. Okay, that's fine. All right. Oh, dude, I'm literally destroying you. I already love this. Um, all right, my next one. Another favorite of Cots, and I can't believe this guy's still on the board. I want Brooks Kepka. Damn it. And Zach Efron. Oh, okay. Zach All Efron right. also another pretty pretty good golfer. I think those two would just be electric together, shooting the shit, talking trash. I like those guys. And then for my fifth round, so you took you took Phil from me, so I wanted a lefty lefty combo to scare everyone. So Phil was my number one lefty, but now I'm gonna go with Bubba Watson. Shit. And Mark Wahlberg. Wow. Okay. Seeing two lefties tee off, man, nothing's more intimidating than that, in my opinion. A lefty golf swing is just a beautiful thing, in my opinion, as well. Also, a lefty quarterback is also a beautiful thing, in my opinion. Shout out to a not a Dolphins podcast. Jake, to you. <laughs> um, hang on. What was that last one again? Sorry. Mark, Mark Wahlberg and Bubba Wise. You don't have to write them down. Like, I have them too, man. Okay. Mark and Bubba? <laughs> Just make sure you have yours down. Yeah. All right. <laughs> don't seem sad about it. I mean, if you want to write them, write them. <laughs> All right. Um, ah, shoot. You took a bunch of my guys. I know. My team is stacked, dude. This is like pretty much doing that. Remember that one year, like when we first started playing fantasy football, and I made like an absurd trade with you. That no, I can't yeah, even... it was like Bobby. I wanted Bobby Ingram for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and I got like, oh man, this is what this sounds like, man. Shout out to the Coke Fantasy Football League. <laughs> uh, you're really, you're really struggling with this one. I am because this is getting hard now. But what pick is this for you? Five and six, right? Yeah, it'd be my five and it'd be my five and six. Mm-hmm. Um, There's still a lot of good people out there, man. I know. <laughs> All right. Can I pick people that are like not necessarily retired, but like golfers or yeah. like? Yeah, why not? Okay. Pick whoever you want. I want Freddie Couples <laughs> and Ray Romano. <laughs> Ray Romano. Dude, hang on. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Ray Romano is, is, good. He's is good a great golf. golfer. Yeah. Okay? I mean, everyone loves Freddie. Everybody <laughs> loves Raymond. Okay. I like that. I, I, I'm with it, man. All right, who's your next uh, my one? Next pick. Hmm. See, I had a good pairing with this next guy, but we're gonna have to. Okay, how about this, John Ram? Okay. 
And, I was going to have to take him if he was still there. He was getting and, two. And Alice Cooper. <laughs> Alice Cooper, also underrated golfer. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, a good one. I mean, Ram, a little, he's a little brash. Uh, Alice Cooper has the has that shock rock value to him. But let me tell you something about Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper was a never did drugs, but was a big drinker. He was an alcoholic. He would wake up and literally start drinking. Um, he kicked his habit of alcoholism through golf. I like that. Um, so Ram and Cooper. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so I'm taking for my six. This is the last pairing that I still have actually written down. Okay. So I'm taking Jordan Spieth and Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Just imagine Jordan's, how Jordan Spieth talks to himself and gets so hard on himself. And then Matthew McConaughey is just speaking in ad reads all the time. Like it's a freaking <laughs> Lincoln commercial or something. Those two, we I think, need, together. We need to hit the ball forward. <laughs> before Come on, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so now I gotta think a little bit. I have just I don't have any other pairings, so I gotta put them together. You took yeah, me wrong. I'm not saying like I'm losing pairings right now. Okay. Oh, everyone hates him, but everyone loves him. That could be interesting. Um, I think. Oh, should I do it? I think I'm gonna do it to just to piss you off. I'm taking John Daly paired with. Samuel L. Jackson. Wow. Uh, Daly and Jackson. I didn't, I, had, have, I didn't have Samuel L. on my board. He's like a, I think a 12, 12 handicap. He's pretty, he's all right. He's just, he's, hey, I, I, those two together there, that sounds like a lot of, a lot of fun content. A lot, oh, of, yeah. good, a lot. A lot of good stuff there. A lot. All right. Is, I'm to up. you. Yep. Okay. So this is my seven and eight. Yep. Okay. All right, I'm going the two, one of the most hated men in golf and one of the most hated men in America, Patrick Reed and O.J. Simpson. (laughs) Yes, I was thinking of who I wanted to put Patrick Reed with, and I didn't have him with O.J. That's a good one. I will give you that. That's a good one. Um, This is my last pick, right? Yep, this is your last one. I'm trying to look for guys here. I'm trying to think. All right. Let's try this. Let's try the Australian. Let's go with an Australian connection here with Adam Scott and Hugh Jackman. Okay. I like that. Adam Scott and Hugh Jackman. That's fun. I lost my last. I'll tell you who didn't make the cut afterwards, but yeah. Let's see who I want for my last pick. I got a couple people, but I'm trying to think of the best pairing here. All right. This one. A lot of. All right. You good? Yeah. I think I'm going to. So uh, I, I want to say there's two people that I really want from a non-golfer perspective. 
But there's a guy out there. Oh, no, I can't take him. I'm not going to take him. All right, I want Shane Lowry as my golfer. Okay. okay. And... Ugh. Give me Larry Fitzgerald as my... Oh, Larry Fitz. Yeah. All right. I wanted to say, I, I wanted to take Clint Eastwood so bad, but the poor man's like 90 years old. But he was, I don't even know if he could swing a golf club anymore, but he used to be pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to say him and Hideki Matsuyama was my, going to be yeah. one of my fun matches. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like this. Yeah. Okay. Dude, my good. team's going to smoke yours. <laughs> I mean, it's not team. I mean, it's, Teams against, I guess, our – I mean, we're going against each other in the first round. Yeah. Um, but, so, here's a couple that didn't make my cut. Um, I had Speed with Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. Ah, Rogers. I had Daly with McAfee because they – I mean, they have played together, so I don't know if that constitutes as, like, a fam- fantasy pairing. Um, but I had them – I had – Originally, I had John Ram with Denzel. Okay. Don Denzel's a very good golfer. Yep. There's a lot of good golfers. Um, and then I had Adam Sandler and Lee Trevino <laughs> to reunite Happy Gilmore. That's kind of hilarious. So there's there's a couple that didn't like quite make my list. There's some good ones, too. I had a couple. I didn't have any more pairings left together. You took two of my pairings. That I, had. I had DJ and Gretzky and Tiger and MJ. Um, I had some other people. I had Bill Murray as potential. Yeah. I liked what Peyton Manning did, you know, but we've seen him. We need to see some other guys. And then I also had, um, I had my, I'm a boy Clint Eastwood, but I, I don't know, man. I think age is catching up to him. I think he would be, if it was five years earlier, I think we could have got Eastwood in there. So all right, I got Rory. I'm going to run my, I'm going to run my eight down for you. I got Rory and Tony Romo. I got Justin Timberlake and Justin Thomas. I got Brooks Kepka and Zach Efron, J.R. Smith, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, Matthew McConaughey, Mark Wahlberg and Bubba Watson, John Daly and Samuel L. Jackson, and Shane Lowry and Larry Fitzgerald. Whew. Very nice. I love it. Um, Dude, this is, no, this is good. So, again, everyone listening, um, this is going to drop on Monday night like it usually does. And when we do that, um, or when it drops, we're going to post these polls. So each poll is going to be, it's going to last a week. It's going to go from Monday to Sunday morning uh, because we record usually Sunday night. So we're going to keep polling and we're going to make sure that this tournament keeps going, but we need your participation. We need you guys. Tell your friends. Tell your brothers, uh, your sisters, your cousin, your uncle. That's twice removed. Make sure everyone is getting involved in this. Follow us on Twitter at Juke Sports. Follow us on Instagram, our Facebook page, and let's get this tournament nash. Let's get this tournament. Make this tournament go viral. All right. We want everyone getting involved in this. Yeah, and then we could we should actually make it happen. That would be amazing. Um, but also, if people out there are like, "Huh, 
this seems pretty cool. We can make it. We could. We could. We can make it a little bit of a, a little bit of a gambling thing too. You know, if everyone there'll be a bracket out there that you can fill out. So if everyone wants to fill out a bracket, we do a little do a little twenty dollar uh, buy in, like a little March Madness type style. See what happens. You can fill out your bracket who you think advances. We could have some fun with this. So yeah, like Jake said, everyone vote for who they think. If there's not enough voting for one pairing, then Jake and I will debate it on the show who moves on and who goes home. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And enough traction will actually make it a real thing. Swing Oil Pro-Am presented by Juke Sports. If you want want a bracket to fill out for yourself, please contact Cots via Twitter. Uh, what, what is your tag? At the real cots. At the real cots. All right. Um, also, I can get one for you too. Uh, at J E M. Uh, we'll probably three two six zero five four. That's a lot. Uh, or at Juke Sports. Yeah, we'll probably post a bracket on the Juke Sports Twitter. You guys could probably just pull it from there if we need if you need one. Fun stuff. Good stuff, Jake. Shall we get into closing statements? This closing statement is brought to you by the offices of Grant and Pippen. Have you been slandered in a recent documentary that you were featured in? Has the greatest basketball player damaged your reputation? The offices of Grant and Pippen can get you compensation. Call 1-800-MICHAEL. Again, call 1-800-MICHAEL today to get the compensation you deserve. All right, our closing statements today. Um, we are in the midst of another boxing UFC crossover with uh, Clarissa Shields and Amanda Nunez. They are talking about doing a home and home, meaning they're going to have a boxing match and a UFC match. So it's equal. It's not like McGregor, where McGregor's going to box. Floyd Mayweather, one of the greatest boxers of all time, and we don't see the other end of it. You're talking about two athletes that are the very best in their own game. Clarissa Shields is the best female boxer at the height of her game right now. Nunez is going to go down as one of the best UFC fighters of all time, not just in the women's division, but at all time. And I'm considering this, this is going to be one of the best sporting spectacles of this decade without question Dana Mendoza let's get the ball rolling let's get after this let's give the people what they want Nunez versus Shields boxing and UFC let's let's make this one of the best uh spectacles in all of sports I'm fired up for this I hope it happens fingers crossed cross to you I love it It definitely the fact that they're going to do a crossover and fight a boxing match and then a MMA match as well. That makes it. I mean, all it's not set. In, more it's nothing set in stone, but Shield says she's on board. I think that's awesome. I, I would love to see them both do it, not just the boxing match. If they do a straight up MMA fight too, that would be awesome. But we'll see. Either or, even if we just get one, that's that's awesome too. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so this week, I want to talk about someone specifically, but. It's in the vein of a lot that has happened this week and what has gone on in our society. And with that, there's been a lot of stuff that has come out about 
players, coaches, et cetera, uh, players or coaches saying the wrong thing, the right thing. We talked about Breeze earlier in the episode. You know, Vic Fangio said something ignorant as well. Um, but today I want to talk about and call out someone who I believe is one of the faker person, one of the faker people in all of, sp- in all of sports, and that's Dabo Sweeney. Oh, this was a long time coming. So, yeah. Um, so, essentially, for those of you who don't know, um, a tight end, DJ Greenlee, came out and said that an assistant coach, uh, Danny Pyramid, uh, used the N-word multiple times in an instance um, back in 2017. Okay, so I want to preface it before I get into there into it with more and more about what happened. Greenlee said that he wasn't – the pyramid wasn't calling him the N-word. He was saying it in a different context about what happened during a play, et cetera. It doesn't really matter, though. The fact is, Dabo comes out and makes these comments about social injustice. He Then, then this comes out. Dabo, to me, again, a pure example of brushing something under the rug not addressing the team. Um, He's holding players accountable for certain things, but he's not holding himself to the same accountability or his coaches in that matter. Um, Back in 2016, he told his players that they should not partake in a campus sit-in that was uh, to support, uh, to go against racism. It's That's the most, I mean, that's, that's the most disturbing too, but anyway, continue for him. This yes. For him to say that, and not let his players go to that campus sit-in um, just shows that, you know, he's putting sports above the real issues of the world. He also then dismissed the idea that racism exists by saying, and I quote, there are black quarterbacks. So again, another ignorant statement on his part. I'm sick of this idea that this man is, big Christian, holy, valor than God, all this stuff, where in reality he's not doing anything to hold himself to a higher standard. And he pretty much is coming off tone deaf and seems like he only cares about football. So I'm over Dabo Sweeney. I've been over Sweeney for a long time. He's always come off as fake to me. And I'll say this. He's very, very lucky that there's a lot going on right now because the backlash that he's getting, I don't think it's enough. I think he's taken a minimal hit there, and I think there needs to be more backlash. Because I, and I'm not saying he needs to go out and be fired. I mean, but he does need to address these issues and what he's done in the past, and he needs to make a statement of how he's going to change moving forward and how he's going to not only hold players accountable on the field and off the field, but hold himself and his coaches accountable on and off the field. So all in all, Dabo Sweeney, you're pretty much tone deaf and you seem ignorant to the situation and you only care about football right now. So do better. Well, guys, that's all we got for this week. Tune in again next week for another episode and be sure to get ready for the Swing Oil Pro-Am presented by Juke Sports. But until then, adios.